0: Annex Wealth Management Show, the longest running weekly personal finance radio show in Wisconsin. Annex Wealth Management is a local fee only fiduciary providing investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Know the difference.
1: Alright, clock has started. Let's get it going. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, the very first weekend of January. Welcome to it. Happy New Year. If we missed you last week, I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer is here. Hey, Derek. Hi, Danny. Dave Spano, our President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management.
2: Yeah, thanks, Danny. And of course, uh, the investment team was uh, hard at work the entire week. And in fact, we ended Friday on a positive note because we got some really good news from average hourly earnings. And so this is going to... Sound counterintuitive, but average hourly earnings went down, and the market really rallied from
3: that news. Well, they're down from what they were on a year-over-year basis. Um, They're up 0.3% in December. The other thing that was really interesting is November was revised down, too. People freaked out on that November wage gain of 0.6. They actually revised that down to 0.4. And the other thing that's extraordinary is, given all this talk about a recession, the U.S. economy added 223,000 jobs in the month. The unemployment rate is now back to 3.5%. despite the fact that the labor force expanded by 439,000 workers.
2: Yeah, and so of course the Fed is really in a conundrum, as we have covered very well, is that they're trying to lower demand, because they really can't do anything on the supply side. So they're trying to do what's called demand destruction, slow things down, but on the other side, Derek, we saw a number of numbers that do suggest that the slowing is on top of us. We saw this ISM number, it has contracted on the manufacturing side, and now we saw a services Number, ISM services number, that has gone from 56 to under 50 to about 49. Both of those suggest that the manufacturing and service
3: industries are contracting. Right, and we've seen the same thing from the housing market. Um, you know, new home sales down dramatically, the average sale per realtor at, at record lows in terms of home sales. So the housing market is rolling over. That has secondary and tertiary impacts. So the economy is clearly slowing, and this very well may be what a soft landing looks like. Right. You know, modest job gains, modest wage pressures, but yet inflation continues to abate.
2: And that will be funny, Derek, because if a recession happens, it'll be the most widely anticipated recession. And if it doesn't happen, that means the contrarians were right again, that maybe we have just a slowing down or a soft landing. But right now, the key is, and what we're looking at, is when is the Fed done raising rates? And so if all of these things are trying to slow down, then they're doing their job, right? So if, if the manufacturing is starting to contract, the services are starting to contract, if payroll numbers are starting to look better, that means that perhaps February and maybe a 25 basis point hike in February might be the last. And folks, remember, the stock market bottoms long before the economy
3: does. And that was amplified by the FOMC minutes. And in, in those minutes, no one in the committee expected rate cuts in 2023. They all agreed on the need for aggressive rate increases. You know, you either believe the Fed or you don't. People believe the Fed during the bull market were rewarded as they inject liquidity the system now they're taking liquidity out they're telling you they're going to be hawkish so you really have to have kind of a playbook in which to negotiate this as you mentioned because certainly the market will celebrate if it appears they are pausing these rate hikes
2: and that's the key word pause and so we talked a lot about what are the words we're going to look for in 2023 and pause versus pivot what does that mean that they're going to pause their rate increases and of course they had seven in 2022 one highly likely next month in February and then do they pause raising the rates? The pivot, folks, means that they're going to turn around and start lowering rates. I find that very unlikely.
3: Well, and the other thing, be careful what you wish for, because if the Fed starts to lower rates, it's because the economy is rolled over and they see an accident about to happen, or perhaps it already has. The other wild card, obviously, in 2023 is oil prices. They've come down substantially. We all know that from going to the gas pump. And that could change very quickly as China reopening.
2: And, of course, China is reopening, and it's going to be dramatic, of course. They have still had these COVID restrictions. They are lifting them, which probably means COVID is going to run rampant through China, but that also means
1: the economy is going to open up. So that will be a story throughout the year as well. Derek Felsky is our chief investment officer. He's here with us the rest of the hour, so stick around for more. Dave Spano as well. If you came in late on that Week in Review, just want to remind you that this show and the Week in Review available on demand this weekend, the Addicts Wealth Management YouTube channel. You can get it via the Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter that's delivered on Sunday mornings. If you're not a subscriber, you don't have to be a client. Head to our website for that. And again, Spotify at the top of the hour. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button if we can help folks. First weekend of the year, and this is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. It is Saturday, January 7th. We're going to take a quick break and be right back on 620 WTMJ
0: custom-tailored
1: investment and retirement
0: planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is Money Talk the annex wealth management show on WTMJ back on money talk
1: the annex wealth management show a couple of things you can do this weekend sign up for the axiom that free weekly newsletter we're on social media like LinkedIn Facebook Instagram YouTube very vibrant channel we're 1500 videos from annex wealth management we've got a SWAT podcast members of our annex wealth management investment team usually drops Monday morning on Spotify as well I'm Danny Clayton Dirk Felsky chief investment officer in the studio Dave Spano is our president CEO thank Thanks, Danny.
2: You know, I had an opportunity to talk to some people this week uh, at a social event, and a lot of the questions were very interesting to me. The biggest one, of course, was not about inflation or the Fed or CPI. It really was, am I in a position to weather the storm in 2023? And, Derek, you know, we talk a lot about how to position portfolios. Probably our key discussion point throughout the week.
3: Right, absolutely. I mean, throughout the year, we basically have moved towards companies that generate free cash flow, uh, pay dividends. We've gradually extended duration as we expected the U.S. growth to slow. Uh, And we're also looking at factor-oriented portfolios. For example, uh, one ETF that I particularly like that we're using broadly looks at the Russell 2000. It takes the top 100 in terms of free cash flow yield, weights those 100 based on their free cash flow yield, and was only down 2%. In a year that the S and P was down 19.
2: Yeah, they got that certainly there was a lot of bloodbath in 2022 and as earnings season begins those are the things that we look for our analysts on our team do a deep dive into a number of things but free cash flow of a company what does that mean it means that, of course that that is at the bottom line that is really what they're returning to their shareholders and how they use that money that is really the barometer of health of a company
3: right and, and just to put a little bit more clarity to it think about the energy sector where they generated enormous profits last year they're returning money to shareholders they're not spending the money on capex that they used to in the past because frankly they've been disincented from doing it and one of the reasons as long as oil prices continue to remain above 70 80 bucks uh, they're going to continue to coin money and that money will be returned to shareholders and those stocks have performed quite well plus they offer attractive dividends
2: and we talked about energy throughout the year and it was the best performing sector in 2022 and again there's a lot that's happening as china reopens that means the demand for energy is going to continue we'll have to see what happens with russia in Ukraine. Hopefully there's a ceasefire and we'll have to watch that news. But energy continues to be a good theme. And we talk about index weightings and, of course, those who just uh, use indexes alone and they look at indices. There are sectors in the index. There's 11 sectors, folks. Technology is the largest sector
3: and energy is the smallest. We'll have to see if there's a reversion there. Oh, and the interesting thing is the energy sector's weighting in the S&P 500 actually doubled last year given the relative performance, but it's less than half of what it was uh, 25 years ago. I mean, if you looked at a relative price chart of Amazon versus en- energy, it wouldn't touch Amazon.
2: And you look at indexes, which, and you showed me something uh, over the last couple of weeks. What were the largest companies in the S&P 500 10 and 20 years ago in what they are now? And that has certainly transitioned. You can see there are our energy companies
3: that were in there many years ago. Right. The mega cap companies uh, currently are underperforming. I'm talking about Meta, Apple, Amazon, Google, NVIDIA. Base- which means that there's going to be pressure on those companies. As well, because the indexes are going to have to cut their weightings. Well, they get cut as the stock goes down. And the interesting part about it is most of those companies benefited disproportionately from the pandemic, and obviously they've grown in size. And it's just harder to move the needle when you become that large a company. The other thing is that the S and P five hundred as a whole is still twenty percent in terms of price to sales above the peak of the tech bubble. So you could say the S and P five hundred is still very expensive. But if you actually adjust it, which our analysts did, we find that the the S&P you take out those top 10 holdings it's actually very attractively priced so you really want to look at individual stocks not ETFs. Well and indices. You, you stole the lead and that's exactly
2: where I was going with all of this is that the S&P 500 may be under pressure and we may have not seen the low on the S&P 500 but that does not mean within the S&P 500 there are sectors that are going to do well and that is the reason why you need to go through your portfolio it's the reason why I say know what you own and why you own it and of course how much you're paying for it and don't 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 get sold a high commission product that you don't know why it's in your portfolio.
1: Absolutely. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Dave Spano is our President and CEO. Great time to start a plan for 2023. It doesn't take long. Let's talk. Click that Get Started button. This is the time, and Annex is ready. Great piece next you might want to share with your kids. Dave, I don't know if it's the same with your kids. I can give my boys advice a thousand times until somebody from their peer group tells them. Then it's gold. It's it's, it's like coaching, Danny, right? I
2: coach my kids forever,
1: and all of a sudden another coach said it, and then they started to react. That's right. So what should Gen Z do? That's next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 620 WTMJ. One team, one plan, one fee annex
0: wealth management works in your best interest can your advisors say that? This is
1: Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. A while back, our next team member was on one of our radio shows, and we discovered she was not a millennial, as we assumed, but she was indeed a living and breathing member of Gen Z, Generation Z. Let's welcome back Jenny Jesse, Financial Planning Specialist and the CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Jenny. Hi, Danny. So is it good or bad that you are what would be considered an old general Zer.
4: Well, since I'm right at the beginning of the cutoff to be considered a Gen Z, I feel like I'm sort of a mix between a millennial and a Gen Z. I definitely grew up surrounded by technology, which is one thing that definitely sets Gen Z apart from earlier generations. But since I'm an older member of Gen Z, I'm somewhat out of touch with what the kids are saying nowadays.
1: Are you really? Well, yeah. welcome. This is how it starts. Help my boomer brain out. Gen Z is defined how?
4: Generally, someone is Generation Z if they were born between the late 1990s and the early 2010s. So those are people that are currently about 10 to 25 years old.
1: I spotted an article about Gen Z and the opening sentence was kind of grim. For Gen Z, it's daunting to think about saving, investing, and planning for retirement. Jenny, is it daunting?
4: I've always been interested in personal finance and I actually got my degree in personal finance, so to me financial planning is second nature. But for my friends who aren't in the financial sector, they have described it as daunting and confusing. A common attitude of younger people seems to be they want to spend their money now and they'll figure that all out later.
1: No, So here's what you face. is you started your career, the stock and bond markets have been in turmoil. A lot of talk about recession, wages not keeping up with inflation, credit card debt interest rates are rising, housing costs have surged, and a massive retirement savings shortfall has gotten worse. Makes you want to go back to school, doesn't it?
4: There certainly have been a number of major economic events since I started my career, which can definitely seem intimidating. But I like to focus on the big picture and look at things over the long run. It's easy to get caught up in what's happening now, but I do think it's important to plan for the future. Your future self will be glad you did.
1: Even for Gen Z, it's not a bad idea to do a financial health checkup. You sketch out that roadmap. It balances immediate money goals. You're maybe saving for retirement, even if it's decades away. I'll tell you this, we should all be doing it my generation is no better that seemed far in the future so for many listening now the future is now but not for you there are five things that people say young people should do to get their finances in order let's see if you agree and the first is to pay down debt
4: Yeah, many young people have debt from student loans or credit cards, and another popular option that's a bit newer to the scene is buy now, pay later. However, it's easy to get wrapped up in this and accrue large balances that are difficult to pay off. It's important to look at the interest rates and fees associated with your debt to really understand what the cost of that money is. A common rule of thumb is to pay down your highest interest rate debt first, as that is the most costly. And it's also important to keep current with your payments to build up your credit score for those bigger purchases later in life, like buying buying a home.
1: Yeah, how about diversification?
4: As the old saying goes, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Having a diversified portfolio helps balance out the risk of your investments. It's a good idea to invest across different sectors and asset classes. Many young people are intrigued by cryptocurrency, which, as we've seen over the past year, can be very volatile. A little. And it's important to determine your risk tolerance. This is the amount of risk you're comfortable with. But another important factor is your risk capacity. This is the amount of risk your portfolio can afford to take on. For example, someone who's closer to retirement may have a lower risk capacity because they're going to need to start drawing from those savings soon whereas a member of generation z has a higher capacity for risk since retirement is decades into the future us younger folks can sustain the volatility of the market since we won't be touching those retirement funds for many years
1: we're with jenny jesse a financial planning specialist and a cfp at annex wealth management part of generation z and we're going over a list of suggestions to implement they really make sense for all of us how about emergency savings
4: it's typically recommended that people have three to six months worth of their living expenses stashed aside in an emergency savings account. Having an emergency savings can help keep you out of debt down the road. It might seem more important to pay off your student loans first before starting to build up a savings account, but when an unexpected expense arises and there's no emergency fund to pull from, you may be forced to take on high interest debt to cover that expense. So having an emergency savings can help keep your financial plan on track.
1: Hey, what do you think about this? The suggestion you should have a personal balance sheet. What is that?
4: I think that's a great way to truly understand what you own and what you owe. So a balance sheet is going to show all of your assets versus any liabilities. And I personally update my own balance sheet each January so I can get a gauge of what my assets look like compared to liabilities. Having this holistic view of your finances allows you to make a plan to increase your assets by saving more and decrease any liabilities by paying them off over time. This goes hand in hand with having a budget to understand what your income versus expenses are.
1: You've got a great plan. I think you're atypical, though, right? I mean, don't you think?
4: Right. I am a little bit of a nerd, not your typical Gen Z. Just most people my age aren't thinking about finances the way I am.
1: Uh, You're going to thank yourself down the road. And the final suggestion, I know it seems so far away, plan for retirement.
4: Yeah, as I mentioned before, it's psychological nature to think about what you want in the current moment, and it's more difficult to think about your future self. But young people have time on their side, allowing for years and years of growth in their investment accounts. This is why it's so important to start saving as soon as you can, even if it's just a little bit. Another common rule of thumb is to save 10 to 15% of pay to get yourself on track for retirement. However, young people may be balancing debt payments with saving for retirement, so that isn't always possible for everyone. If your employer-sponsored retirement plan offers a matching contribution, it's great to take full advantage of that if you can afford to do so. Receiving that employer match is essentially free money towards your retirement savings.
1: You know, everything we've talked about is stuff that every single generation should have been doing or needs to be doing.
4: Right. Yeah, I would say this is really prudent advice for anyone.
1: Right. For investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the Wealth Metric Process. Jenny Jesse, Financial Planning Specialist and a CEP at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for coming in.
4: Thanks for having me, Danny.
1: It is Saturday, January 7th. How about that? Time for news. Bottom of the hour, let's go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Planning and investing insight from a
0: fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. You're listening to Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ time for Ask Annex.
1: Same rules in 2023. If you got a question for us, you head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. As always, if we can help, look for that Get Started button. Sarah Kyle is in the studio. She's a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Hi, Danny. Happy New Year. And Matt Moore is the investment team manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back to you. Happy New Year, Danny. All right, first one is from Carly. What is your opinion of online banks?
5: Well, the advantage of an online bank is they have lower overhead since they don't actually have brick-and-mortar branches, so typically that results in their ability to pay a higher interest rate on savings accounts, and they also have lower fees. Plus, the online experience tends to be a little bit better, but you have to be comfortable with a digital relationship. It's difficult to deposit cash there, and there isn't that personal relationship that you have when you actually walk into your local bank branch.
1: Yeah, I think they're popular because it is higher rates, right? Exactly. Lower
5: fees, higher rates, that's a big selling point.
1: Next up from Thomas. I am 30 years old and have two retirement accounts from previous employers and just getting started working for a new company. When I become eligible for benefits in three months, should I go ahead and consolidate the accounts? Would it be better to keep them separate? I don't know the pros and cons of both.
5: Well, this is the simplification versus diversification question. If you don't have the time or desire to keep track of the three different retirement accounts, then consolidation would make sense in order to achieve that simplification. However, different retirement plans have different investments. Investment options, So you might want to keep them separate for diversification. Keep in mind that different plans charge different fees as well. So I would suggest doing some homework, look at the investment options and the fees of each plan, and then decide if you have time and the desire to monitor more than one plan.
6: Yeah, and I work really close with Tom and our retirement plan team here, and I review all of the fun options for all the plans that we help manage, as well as any companies that we potentially might partner up with. And it's really interesting to see the differences between those plans and, and which plans have a lot of options that are really high quality, and some plans really don't spend a lot of time looking at that, and there's not much there. So I would really, really look at that. But one other thing to do as well, too, is if you've got old plans, maybe that's an opportunity to consolidate and roll over into an IRA that maybe you could directly manage or have somebody manage for you, like Annex.
5: Yeah, and then you have that open architecture for your investment options.
1: Way to go, Thomas, at 30. You're thinking the right way. Next, from Phil, I want to set up index funds for each of my grandkids who are minors with seed money that they can use to invest future birthday Christmas, allowance money etc what should I use
6: well, I think that's awesome that, that you're doing That's going to be a really great gift for them. So when I'm looking at investment options, one thing I'm looking at is what's the goal for this and money, and also what's the risk tolerance that I want to take for it as well, too. So how soon is this money going to be used for them? Is this something when they turn 18 that they're going to use for college? Is it something that may be long-term for a down payment of a house, a wedding, or even further into retirement? So think about what that time horizon is for you and how aggressive or conservative you want to be. There's a lot of ways to do it, though. So you could come to a place and have them manage that money for you. Otherwise, you could look at places Places like Vanguard or, or iShares that has a lot of different investment options they'll have packaged together ETFs that might have a certain risk tolerance to it it will do kind of all of that for you as well
1: so grandpa Phil's thinking one thing wait till the grandkids say oh, I'm gonna no I'm gonna get a PlayStation <laughs> Right. Next up from John. After my grandfather passed away in 2017, the inherited IRA he left me has been in A, and then he names the fund. When I compare its performance against the S&P 500, it is significantly worse, which makes me believe my money is not in a good fund right now. I'm very inexperienced with investings. I have strong feeling that there could be better growth funds where I can move it. I am 28.
6: Yeah, so to me, this is, you know, without knowing the fund that they're looking in, are you comparing apples to apples or not? The S P 500 is a diversified basket of 500 or so of the largest companies in, in the U.S., but the fund that you're investing in might have a different objective to it. There's a reference to a growth fund at the end of the question, so with that, you're going to have more technology. You're going to have more large-cap names in there as well, too. So you might not be comparing apples to apples in there. Again, you want to look at that. You also want to look at how much risk is being taken. Some really easy metrics that you can look at that is the sharp rate ratio, which is comparing essentially how much return are you getting based on the risk that you're taking, or the up-down capture ratio, which is showing on good days how much do you get versus on bad days how much of that badness do you get with that as well too, and looking to see how those measure up against each other. And then lastly, how does that fit within your overall portfolio of investments? This might be something that you have one specific reason for, or when you look at everything else maybe you are lacking diversification because it's too much like other things as well too, so a good opportunity to review your full portfolio.
5: Yeah, and not every mutual fund uses the S&P 500 as their benchmark. So when you're picking a fund, look at what they're trying to achieve. Is it a passive mutual fund that's trying to meet their benchmark, or is it an active mutual fund that's trying to beat their benchmark?
1: Last week, we brought up some tick investing advice, and I got a lot of feedback on it. I found a list of the worst TikTok financial advice. Would you mind if we saved it for next week and kind of go over these? Because this is what not to do. that sounds great. That's going to be a lot of fun. Which I think the moral of our story is don't go to TikTok for investing advice. (laughs) I mean, that is just a great idea for investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. The right way. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website AnnexWealth.com. Click that get Started button. Sarah Kyle, wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome. Matt Morrissey, investment team manager and a CAP at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you, sir. What is the Annex experience? Find out next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ. One team,
0: one plan, one fee. Money Talk is straight talk from a local fee only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ. Know the difference with
1: Annex Wealth Management. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development, CFP and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management is back. Hello. Danny, how are you? Not bad. You know. We're all invested in the success of our clients. Goes beyond the portfolio. It stretches into their pre, into their post-retirement lives because we want it to be right. We want the experience to be of the highest quality and that is the Annex Experience.
7: Yeah, it is. And the Annex Experience, in in what we call now the Annex Experience Binder, is a tool or an opportunity for you to see what we do In writing laid out before you and really give you the story of Annex
1: in the best possible way. Simple, it's transparent, it's easy to follow. And I know this thing right from the start defines how Annex Wealth Management operates. In fact, the first page is the who we are section, our founding, our employee count, the number of clients, our type of clients, our locations. It's all summed up one page.
7: Why we did it that way is it's basically bottom line up front, right? This is who we are, this is what we do, and this is the story of us. But we can do it in one page and that's what's key it's, it's short it's right there
1: right at the start yep and the rubber meets the road right after that and that's where we explain how annex wealth management is a fiduciary not just sometimes all of the time why is that important
7: well it's important because it separates us it's that's the difference right you say it all the time know the difference that's the difference 100% of the time we are a fiduciary acting in the best interest of our clients and we
1: spell that out right from the get-go in our experience binder The Annex Wealth Management Experience Binder covers how we customize planning, where your money is held, and in explicit detail outlines how our fees work.
7: Yeah, and that's what's important. It's 100% transparent. This is what we do. This is how we help our clients. And these are the teams and the tools that we bring to the table to make sure
1: you have a successful financial retirement picture. Let's talk about some of those teams. Our clients will become familiar with the Wealth Manager and the Client Service Manager.
7: This is the quarterback and the quarterback A of the team here, because the Client Service Manager and Wealth Manager are really the ones that are helping you get to where you need to be, doing all the research, but they're pulling in all these other teams
1: that are listed on in the book. Yeah, we're built on that team platform because nobody really can do it alone. Let's talk about Financial Planning Team and their involvement with our clients, and that department just keeps getting bigger.
7: That department is amazing, and I... I wish we had time today to talk about some of the amazing things they just did recently, but really it's a team of certified financial planners that are going to look at what you have going on, look for the opportunities, build out the financial plan, and come back to us and say, this is what we see, these are the opportunities Let's take advantage of X, Y, or Z, or at least, hey, you want to retire at this date? We see this as the opportunity, or maybe this is something we need to tackle and change, but if we do this, this leads to success. That's for new clients coming in, but established clients, they get it as well. That's very true. So just because you've been with Annex for 5, 10, 15 years doesn't mean the financial planning team doesn't look at it, and the wealth manager doesn't say, hey, I see an opportunity. It just might not be up front, because you've been reviewing it you know, once, twice a year, always talking about these things
1: the annex experience. It's our goal. It should be your expectation. How about tax planning?
7: Tax planning is huge. You know, we talk about it. You need to be constantly thinking about this. Some folks, maybe not, right? It's it's real straightforward, but a lot of those business owners, those executives, those high net worth people where they got a lot of different things coming in. I'll throw out the dreaded K-1. That's where you take the tax team and you feed them this information and they're looking at it going, yep, we see this opportunity. We should do this instead of that. And it's a constant ongoing thing. And that's what's key. It's some of these instances Depending on the executive or the business owner, we're looking at this every quarter because the situation is changing so much.
1: The Annex Experience, Brandon Lehman is Director of Branch Development, CFP, a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. So where other firms might contract outside companies for the investment management, we absolutely positively do not. Yeah, everything is done in-house, and that's what's amazing. We have individuals here
7: with CFAs, PhDs, MBAs, and they're looking and building the best solutions for our clients that fit their needs inside their financial plan, all under the roof here at Annex.
1: How about that estate planning team? That thing gets bigger all the time to meet our clients' needs. And that's another
7: unique thing that people don't think about, but the estate planning side of the house is, one, is that all your documents good? Let's just review that. That's straightforward, and and for some clients, we're just looking at that every few years to make sure everything's good. But then there's situations where, does that even make sense anymore? Or you don't have anything, but you want to do something complex. Talk to our estate planning attorneys. That's included in this comprehensive wealth management The only fiduciary, the different things we're going to do, but having that team is such an amazing asset for the firm and for our clients, especially for our clients.
1: I ran into Amy from that team at the coffee machine, and I said, hey, you can download this stuff now. She just laughed. Yeah, you could, but how good is that going to be? That's right. Uh You know, we share a lot of information on our radio shows, and some say we give it away, but what you hear over the air is only a glimpse into the client experience. Once you're a client, a whole new level opens up to you and your family. Yeah, it's really
7: just getting the full Annex experience, and what I mean by the full Annex
1: experience is
7: not just the planning, but it's the guidance, it's the ability to call up and bounce an idea off of us, should I pay off the mortgage? You know, does this sound right or should we think about that? It's all right here at Annex. You call and we have the teams here in the capabilities and the skill set to do our best
1: to answer those. And if we don't, we know we can find somebody who can help us out. I think this thing is tremendous. There is a significant difference between financial advisors. We want you to know the difference. The Annex experience it is transparent, it's professional, it provides value What it does is
7: it shows the skill set and the depth of the teams that Annex brings to the table and all the different things we can do for you. Maybe you don't need all of it. Maybe you need one of the four. Maybe you need all four. But they're
1: all here waiting for us to help you. We'd be proud to show you. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Get going on that wealth metric process. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development, CFP, and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. There's a lot there, but thanks for joining us. Thank you, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back on 620 WTMJ.
0: WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. The longest-running weekly personal finance radio show in Wisconsin. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ. We're back on Money Talk,
1: the Annex Wealth Management Show. Good to have you here. Just a quick reminder, this show will be on Annex Wealth Management and Spotify at the top of the hour. So if you came in late, you want to hear it in its entirety, that'd be great. All of our stuff is on Spotify. Great place to go. I'm Danny Clayton. Dave Spano was our president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. So, how's 2023 treating you so far?
2: Yeah, well, hopefully better than 2022. You know, we covered extensively the debacle that was 2022, comparing it to... To uh, returns that we haven't seen in, in nearly 100 years eh, for a 60-40 portfolio. So uh, it was a bad year, but of course there is always this uh, economic term of reversion to the mean, right? But that doesn't mean it's going to happen in 23. It could happen in 24. You know, Danny, this uh, if there is a recession in 23, it will be the most highly anticipated recession that
1: we've ever experienced. So maybe it happens and maybe it doesn't. You know, and the recession, one thing I've learned is, is that it probably could be already happening in a they declare it? We won't really know, but the evidence is mounting. The preamble to it is what do you see going into
2: it? Do you see an economic slowdown? Do you see job losses? Do you see an inverted yield curve? All of these things. And we're starting to see them now. So theres I don't think there's much doubt that we're going to have a slowdown. Does it turn into back-to-back quarters of, of negative GDP? That's really
1: the question. You've flown through a few storms in your career. Got any advice for us?
2: Yeah, well, of course, keep the seat belts on. <laughs> yeah, it, the, right. yeah, the volatility, sure for sure will be with us uh in 2023 and that is the reason why you know the rest of it it's not just always about investments even though we spend uh, a lot of time with our investment team we, you know we I'll compare our investment team to to many others uh you know it's just not one guy or a couple of
1: guys trying to pick some mutual funds we've got an in-depth team you should compare that to anyone else that you're working with well yeah sure walk into your place if you're not with annex wealth management and ask about their investment team is or is it somebody that just emails what they are going to do uh, we had that segment a couple of weeks ago about what makes up the investment committee, and you got a bunch of very smart people on that team, and they're working for you locally.
2: Yeah, that's right, and of course, you know, you get you get access to this entire team, as well as access to our estate planning lawyers, our CPAs to do tax planning, and that really is holistic wealth management. It's not just slinging a product at you, and which does happen from time to time.
1: Yeah. So as we look into twenty twenty three. Defensively, how how do we posture?
2: Yeah, and there's, so there's going to be a lot of themes, I think, at 23, Danny, that uh, appear to be de- developing as we speak, and that is pressure on profit margins. Earnings is going to start here in just a few weeks, and I think we're going to start to see that. But there will be this bifurcation of companies that can make money, that will make money, that have low debt, that have free cash flow. Those
1: are companies that you're going to want to look at. Some of the profit margins were actually pretty good, but was that a result of raising prices, and at a certain point you can't keep Doing that? You know, it's, it's interesting. The, the Fed's trying
2: to slow down uh, the economy, right? And this is really what they're trying to do. And so they cannot control the supply side. They can only control the demand side. So they're trying to tamp down demand. That means, of course, that there's less pressure on employees and employees'
1: demands for higher wages. Meanwhile, the consumer, which is, what, 70% of GDP, right. continues to spend money. Uh, I just saw the figures for the online sales for the end of 2020 and actually not so bad.
2: Yeah, not so bad. And if you do break that apart, you'll see that where there is spending, and of course, it's a good thing that they're going into bars and restaurants, right? Right, we need to. Yeah, that's right. So that is something that we're going to continue to see. And of course, inflation is starting to roll over already. We're starting to see that evidence. That's just one of the themes that we'll see in 2023. But all of this means, what does this mean for your portfolio? What does it mean for you if you're listening to this? What does it mean for your estate plan, your holistic wealth management? And that is choosing the right team. There's two questions that that I think you should ask. Who's on the team that you're dealing with, number one? And number two,
1: are they a fee-only fiduciary? Those are important words. One of the things that I think we picked up on recently is that if you're with somebody else and when they get to start to talk about the fixed income portion of your portfolio, the tendency with somebody who's going to maybe steer somebody to something that is, I guess it's within fixed income, but it's well, a it's not. high commission.
2: Yeah, basically? we see a lot of that uh, product sales these days. So they try to slam you into a fixed income annuity or, or a high commission product. And I would just say, just be careful of that. Full scale wealth management, especially on the fee only side, really will never do that. So uh, go through the plan, make sure you understand, make sure you stress test it,
1: make sure you know who you're working with. Do you ever feel that when people hear fee only, that it's just, they're going to be just fee after fee after yeah, fee after yeah, I fee. Do, well, I do. I don't love the thing.
2: term. I don't. but that really? is, yeah, No, I don't. But that is a term that uh, has been uh, identified in the industry, and it really means that you won't get a commission right. product where, from a brokerage firm or a bank or an
1: insurance company. Yeah. So 2022 was an interesting year, and if you navigated it and felt a little bit unsure, because maybe you're a do-it-yourselfer, and we've got plenty of do-it-yourselfers to check out this, this radio show, and we give away a lot of advice, you're really don't know exactly how much Annex Wealth Management can bring until you sit down across from us, and we'd love to do that. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Good show, Dave. Thank you very much. Thank you, Danny. Folks, we're going to see you in a week. We'll see you back here next Saturday, 10 o'clock on 620 WTMJ.
0: Advice and opinions expressed during Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, are solely that of the hosts or guests of Annex Wealth Management. And not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.